Hi, welcome to another episode of the Hot Ball with me, Eamon Fennell, courtesy of AIG and Dublin GEA. On this episode, we're going to talk to Dublin ladies veteran Lindsay Davey about her 15-year career in the Dublin jersey, her career in professional as working with the Dublin Fire Brigade during the coronavirus, and her look forward to the championship now as the draw has been made. Hope you enjoy it. Lindsay, welcome to this episode of the Hot Ball with AIG and Dublin GAA. It, it's great to see you smiling after just being out in the rain doing a heavy pitch session. <laughs> uh, great, well, I don't know if I'd call it a heavy pitch session now. Uh, we were back on Monday night, but uh, of course I was working. So it was kind of my first night back with the girls and obviously the lovely Irish weather was flashed the whole way through, but uh, you know, it, was just, it was just so nice to kind of get back, seeing everyone's faces and just getting back training with a group of people again. It's been lovely because obviously during the lockdown, we've been doing so much training just individually. Like I have so much respect for like individual athletes, you know, like the runners, boxers and stuff, how they find the motivation to keep going. Like you really take it for granted when you're outside of a, a team sport. Um, and how much easier it is to motivate, motivate yourself to go training uh, with a group like so definitely missed that side of it but yeah it was, it was just lovely to kind of get back and see everyone's faces and just have the crack I suppose. Yeah I, I remember I started training with Dave O'Rourke and Elish McSweeney and the discipline that they have as like individual athletes it's 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 crazy to think just how focused they are I suppose I've been lucky in some ways that I've been injured as much as I have, that I've been able to do so much training on my own that I hasn't bothered too much. But like, what, what were you doing? Were you doing your like your own program just to kind of mix things up? And, or were you just kind of saying, right, here's the time, press pause, get all the old injuries fixed, reset and come back in? Or is it just we have a program, stick to the program? Yeah, like Ken was kind of very good with us. We were kind of given a program to do um, just in terms of mobility and then a lot of just kind of fitness and running sessions. Um, and then as well, kind of my own individual stuff, like you're kind of just given a free roll as well to kind of just do anything additional that you want. So I was kind of getting out on the bike a good bit, um, which is kind of nice to kind of mix things up. So obviously with the locked in you're kind of restricted in things that you could do but it was nice to kind of get out on the bike and to go running and stuff um and then we were trying to do our kind of our individual kind of gym and strength sessions as well to kind of keep us ticking over um and then like we we did get a kind of a good breakdown as well because obviously everything was up was up in the air and we didn't know if we'd even get a season back so since we kind of got confirmation the season was coming back we were kind of just put back on a, a little program again um, to keep keep us ticking over as well while we're back with clubs now, thankfully. Yeah, it's uh, it obviously is great to get back and see everyone and get back to some levels of normality. But did you like any of that training in terms of like getting out on the bike and finally being able to? Because you have so much structure in your life, like you know you're yeah. scheduled with your work hours with the Dublin Fire Brigade, and then you're going into schedules with Dublin GEA, and you're always kind of on this you know, constant cycle of training, work and training. Was it nice just to do something different? Yeah, like I actually loved this. I loved the <laughs> side of the lockdown of just kind of just doing my own thing. Um, and it's only kind of when I took a step back that I realised how manic my life has been over the past couple of years with football and work. And it's funny because, because we've been doing so well with Dublin and reaching the All-Ireland Finals, 
like the off season is nearly as busy as when the football season because you're constantly being asked to go to schools um just do different training sessions presentations whatever so it's nearly as manic um so to, for football to kind of been taken out of that completely um and just to be solely focusing on work and then you know after your your shift is over to come on and go actually i'm not rushing off to a training session or getting people to cover shifts here and there and paying back shifts to just work my normal hours and then go home and then go oh, you know i feel like going out for a run or a cycle and no, I really did enjoy that side of it. Definitely gave me an insight into what it would be like when I do retire. Um, <laughs> oh, get into that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was. It was really nice just to have that downtime where you because you really just were left to your own devices. Like you know, you, there was no going to the group gym sessions, group training sessions. Everything that was kind of in your control. Um, and like I said, when you're when you're incorporating twelve-hour shifts into training with Dublin which are four or five nights a week like you're literally just bouncing from one thing to another like just chasing your tail and it's funny it's only when you take a step back and you know you realize how manic your life is that I've kind of just been enjoying a bit of quiet time now but I am delighted that it's back as well because like my last our last game was against Waterford in the league and then the, the plug was pulled and everything so I have family that play for Waterford and like my cousin actually plays with them. So that was a kind of a lovely game for me to be able to play against Derbla. Um, and my auntie owns, only opened up the new fish and chip restaurant. So we, we went to go to that after the game with all the family, which was lovely. Um, but yeah, is, is one of your parents from Waterford? Um, so my nana is. My nana's from Waterford down in Ring, uh, just outside Dungarvan. Ah, so, my, dad's from, my dad's from Dungarvan. <laughs> no, I really? Yeah, 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 from yeah. Garvin. It's an unbelievable place. Yeah, so he they live uh, out in Ring, um, yeah, no, right, area. So all like I've a load of aunties and uncles down there, and obviously they're able to play with the senior team. Um, so yeah, it was lovely to be able to do that after the game. But to think that could have been your last game with Dublin, yeah. you know, it's just mad. But for me, I've gone. Oh, do you know what? It actually wouldn't have been the worst way to finish because <laughs> all my family were there, and then we met up after the game, which was nice. Uh, but I suppose when you've been playing so long. It's definitely not the way you want to finish out your career like but you've actually you've taken up cycling now will you go back and do the greenway after one of the games or the uh, next well we actually did we did a team bonding session uh a team uh, our weekend away down in dungarvan last year um oh, Nick, Nick had bikes hired out for a lot of us and we we did a part and we didn't do a whole lot um but we did a bit of it which was a bit of crack like I we went down for a training camp before and I texted all my cousins like saying, you know, we're down for a training camp. Uh and then inevitably, like, you know, when you get the excuse to go out and have a few drinks, we probably we did and we we took we went too far with it and ended up in creation and back into house parties and all so <laughs> it was it wasn't the most useful time of a training camp in my life, but it's such a good place, like I love going there. Yeah, love Not many people know just about it until until you get down there and you see it. It's just a great little town, like. Yeah, I would have spent a lot of my summers when I was younger uh, going down to Ring and stuff. So, like, I obviously knew what a great place it was. Um, but when Mick said that's where we were going, I think a lot of the girls in the team were like, what? That is so random. Like, how have you picked some garden out of everywhere? But your eyes on to the relatives and delighted, like, going, yeah, there are team on the session is. So, no, it was great. And, like, in the... In the hotel, I can't remember the name of it, just in the garden, like my uncle popped down and stuff, uh, just for a cup of tea and a chat and all. So it's just lovely to be able to have this summer. 
normally say if I was working say at the weekend say doing two day shifts but my Sunday shift if I was training I swapped to night shift um, or even a midweek session if I'm training I might get someone and I'm on a night I might get someone to stay back off their day shift come me for a few hours and to let me go train and then I'll come in straight after and finish off the night shift so there's going to be none of that now like you literally have to stick with your own crew for obviously health health and safety reasons just understandable they don't want the crews mixing to minimize the risk um but it's just going to pose a bit more of a challenge now in terms of getting shifts off for training now obviously you have leave there which you'll be trying to save for championship yeah um but at the moment but as it turns out i'm actually meant to be doing my paramedics hoping in september oh. which means i'll be on a nine to five roster so all going well and we don't get another surge and championship goes ahead because obviously that's the risk now yeah that I get pulled hopefully it doesn't um that the paramedics course will actually suit me a lot better because I'll be on a nine to five Monday Friday roster for a couple of months which will yeah. tie in my view of football so hopefully things will just work out well. Is it you timed out well? Yeah <laughs> well it's actually meant to do it last year um but I I didn't we were told that it wasn't going to be going ahead. I wouldn't get we wouldn't be getting places with PFB. Um, and then we did last minute, but I booked a uh, holiday away traveling for six or for three weeks initially. Um, and then I decided to add a couple of weeks in Australia and went away for over six weeks there in November, December. So, so it's fab. I want to talk to you about that Australia thing because, like, I was actually there just before the kind of lockdown went on my, what my wife's sister lives over there so we were there for three weeks just as a kind of step, ooh, just as a wrecking the place break out around china uh but it was such an amazing place uh like we had like we were already there for three weeks and we started having serious questions about could we live here and then you come home and reality kicks in <laughs> When you were over there, did you kind of think, I could get used to this and I haven't seen Macker and Goldie over there as well? Was it something that ever crossed your mind? Um, yeah, like I suppose I was always growing up, like I enjoyed my my time with Dublin and I was kind of very focused on trying to achieve and obviously we were trying to win all Ireland. So that kind of took up my focus in my summers. I, I did spend a J1 in 2012 away, so that was kind of my time to travel, but I suppose I was a bit of a home bird as well. Like, you know, I always felt Australia was kind of too far away to be going. If something happened, you want to get back. But um, no, I suppose I was just really enjoying my time with Dublin. And um, over the past couple of years, like with Mick coming in, he's just done fantastic things. And with when Greg took the team over as well, you know, we start getting back into finals. And I suppose you're kind of just always achieving to um, try and aim for success. And so competing in finals, obviously we were very lucky with Greg with losing three in a row. So to kind of get over the line then with Mick the past three years, you know, it's just been amazing. I definitely don't think I'd change a thing. Like, oh, brilliant! Yeah, now like I think from a Dublin point of view, when you start seeing the likes of Gold and Macker going, you kind of go, "All right, we're going to start to be that exodus of players now." You know, just with the allure going down, but it doesn't seem to be the case. And like, it's obviously a great opportunity and. I think there's a lot of people that would like to take it, but you know. Yeah, I think for me as well, just my career, I suppose, as well. Like, um, which I've been working in the fire brigade now since 2015, kind of my first joined, and um, so kind of really enjoying that. And then obviously, if I get the all going well in September, the paramedics go ahead, you know, kind of that will be my focus for the next while is to kind of get that course done and 
try and learn as much as I can because it's obviously, obviously it's always been a side I wanted to get into. Um, so I suppose work has probably been a big factor for me as well. Like I've always wanted to be a firefighter and something I've worked towards for a long time, even when I was in college. That was always the main goal. But when I was in college, obviously we we're going through a recession at the time. So I was doing a business degree in DCU. Um, and then I worked, went to work in Crow Park um, for a couple of years in the finance department. But it wasn't like obviously with the job, you love the people. And I suppose that's the only side of it where it's just nine to five for me wasn't what I wanted. Um, so obviously when I got the job in 2015, you know, it's just it's it amazing. Like, you know, it's my dream job. And then to obviously to be doing well with Dublin as well um, and trying to make the vote and work like. No, yeah, so and that, I've just been very fortunate. But you've obviously worked hard to get to where you are as well, and uh, like going through college through the recession, and then starting in Crow Park. Like the love of the GA seems to have always been with you throughout it, and you know your focus to become a firefighter has obviously paid off because you are one now. But you also work with one of my biggest heroes, as it Clarkey. What is it like to work with Clarkey? And do you just talk football all day long and? Does he give you a book? <laughs> no. Oh. He's just, no, we don't know football all day long, but he's definitely be a person that like, I probably want to be like, get on well the most in work. Um, he's the kind of person that you can go to him with, if you have any issue and you want some advice, Clark is your go to man. Like, he's just, he's just unbelievable. But, and even he'd always be watching my matches and stuff, and he's someone that will always be very honest with you. Like you go, well, I think, but well, you could have done this better or that, or he'd be like, yeah, you did great. You know, he'd always be kind of going to get look for his approval. Yeah. Um, and they do. And if you're struggling, like over the past few years, I've had different injuries. Um, and again, I go to him, and we'd be in the gym because we obviously a fully kitted gym in our our job. Um, so if I'm doing rehab or anything, he'd be the person that you'd go to for guidance. Um, and it's not just me, I know loads of people in the job will be the exact same if any areas they're struggling, especially with fitness wise, they wanted some advice on things that they can do differently, like Arky's your go-to man, like he's just, he's an absolute gent, like, really is. and he's a knowledge, he's just a wealth of information, like when it comes to, like I said, from the football perspective, or even doing different drills, mixing things up, like he's just has so much experience and knowledge, just, he's unbelievable, like I'm very lucky to to be working with him on a daily basis like no absolutely like and i also think his his love and his passion for it you know like yeah. he he yeah. loves learning and it was one of the things that i kind of uh, the energy you feed off him is he just yeah. has a passion to learn more and understand more about how the body works how he can get fitter how he can get stronger and i never saw that kind of deviate at all throughout his time with Dublin and in, in fact it actually intensified the more he got involved the more he wanted to know and uh, like there's no better person to talk to about fitness I still don't think I could beat him in a 5k if I tried but uh, maybe he's lying he's going around doing like he's we doing his runs in the air and I'm like oh my god like hey does he have the energy I do not know like just <laughs> the, one, the one thing I love about him is he always has the best of gear you know, like <laughs> if he's cycling, it's the best cycle gear. Yeah. Swimming is, uh, and you like I'd be turning up in Dublin shorts or whatever, just the most random stuff I could find, and he'd just be now the pedals, the the shoes that he used for cycling, his water bottle had to fit everything. He just the, the yeah. detail he gets into, like you know. 
I, I got a dead leg with it a few years ago and it turned out to be a grade two tear in it. Um, and it was just the worst time it could have happened. Like it's just at the, the week before the league semi-final. So I ended up missing the league semi-final. And there's very important weeks then building up the championship. So I wanted to get my fitness back up as soon as I could. And he gave me one of the, you know, the altitude masks. Yeah, yeah. And only dog you could have that. Like I was on the bike then uh, doing spin sessions, wearing the mask just to build up your kind of aerobic fitness that way. But yeah, he's just... He's just amazing. No, he is. I was actually supposed to be doing a bike row ski with him uh, prior to all this, and then it obviously got cancelled. I just wanted to test myself to see where I was against Clarky how sad am I? But uh, I'm sure he would have beat me anyway. But we'll, 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 we'll take it up again. The challenge is still on the table. Uh, <laughs> you've kind of spoken about your your career with Dublin, but something I couldn't get over is. You've played for Dublin half your life. Since the age of 15, you've been playing for the senior team. That's one ridiculous that for half your life, you've, all you've known is Dublin GAA, like, you know. But, but also, too, your sheer commitment and passion for the game, which you must have seen so much change over that time span. Like, 15 years in any sport is, is crazy, but to play at the top level consistently for that long, it's, it's amazing, like you know, you must. What, yeah, what, like it what, was, what had the transition been like, you know, between coming in at such a young age and now you're a leader of the team? Like, it was all happened very quickly, I suppose, because at the time I was just involved. Like, I've been involved with the Dublin setup since I was 10, like the under with the under 12 Southampton squad, and kind of worked my way up that that to that. And, it's funny because John O'Leary's daughter, I was playing under 16s with the club at the time, and John O'Leary's daughter would have been playing with us. So he would have come to some of our games. Um, and obviously at the time, he had just taken over as the, the manager of the ladies' team. So that was back in 2004. He would have asked me to come on board. Like at the time, I was playing with the under 16s and minor, and then was called up to the senior. So it's just absolutely chaotic. But when I first went in, like I was so intimidated by the setup. I was just like, oh my God, I'm only 14 years of age here. Like I am so out of my depth. Um, and I remember ringing John, I think it was only a couple of weeks in. And I was like, oh, look, I'm just going to have to step away. I just, I'm so intimidated by like, I just, I think I just need to focus on my under 16s and minors for the moment. Like, um, So he said, okay, that's fine. Because it's, it's really early in the year to say, so he let me do that. Um, and then, because the underage 16 to minor, I think it probably finished maybe early May, June. Um, and then he he kind of called me back in and said, look, I want you to come in and give it another go. Like, um, And I don't know what it was then when I stepped back in. I think some of the older girls were a bit more obviously aware of how young I was and said, right, we just need to kind of give her a bit more guidance. Like I remember Martina Farrell came over to me and she's like, oh, welcome back. And I think girls are more mindful of my age and just looking out for me. Um, and I don't know what changed then. I probably just became a bit more confident um, and started playing a bit better and back myself um, under the guidance of the kind of older girls and got my first start then in the quarterfinal against Donegal then kind of not long after. So, um, yeah, it's just been mad. Like some of the players that played over the years, like, you know, it's just been amazing, the friendships that you've made. And, um, yeah, like then <laughs> it probably doesn't take too long before you start becoming one of the older players in the group now. Um, but yeah, I suppose because I've had that experience of being the young one in the group, 
um, and knowing how intimidating it can, I'm probably definitely more mindful of that with our players. So they come in just trying to help them as best possible because it can be intimidating. And if things aren't going well for them, go look, just try and be like next ball, don't be being too hard on yourself. It takes time to maybe even learn our new systems of play or something, um, which can be intimidating to kind of younger girls coming in. So I suppose it's definitely just being mindful that players are probably in different headspace. And you don't know what's going on in players' mind, like at home and stuff as well. Like people can be going through tough situations and football is their outlet. So it's just probably being more aware of what where people are like and just trying to give them as best a guidance as you can, I suppose. You seem to embrace that role and like with 15 years experience, you know, uh, you've, you've kind of been fortunate in ways to be around so many amazing people and play with so, so like such great players that I've no doubt that you learn from them. But is there any any kind of player that you, when you came into the setup, that you really just clung on to and that helped you in, in regards to your progression into the team? Yeah, like uh, Martina Farrell would have been captain at the time um, and she was really great. It kind of gave me encouragement through. Um, but I suppose the one player that I probably had great battles with was Neve McAvoy. Oh, um, she's from, she's, she's from still Paris. a ball. Uh, no, so Neve Mac, we call her Neve McAvoy Jr. But Neve McAvoy Sr. from Paranels. Oh, yeah. Um, like, I think for her, like when I started out, I was playing a few games against her and she was absolutely roasting me. Like, I was just like, oh my God, this is a mad woman. Like, if anyone that knows Mac or just knows how crazy she is, but she's just a diehard, plays with her heart in her sleeve and gives it her all. Um, so for me, I would be marking her a lot and I would have just trying to, we would have had a great battle. So obviously the more confident I became in myself, I was kind of taking her on more and we just used to have great head-to-head battles. Like, and she probably definitely pushed me to improve myself. Um, and then... You know, so she's probably definitely one of the players that I remember just having great battles with and definitely pushed me. Um, but all the girls were definitely so mindful of me. Like, you know, even like Elaine Kelly now is, you know, I've gone from having, playing alongside her and now she's involved in our senior setup. Like, But Neve um, was involved as well, though. That's what I was saying. That's what I was saying. Yeah, there's been so many girls that come back over the years. I've solos involved now. Um, Neve came in with, with Greg. Like, yeah. Um. So I think definitely when you're a player as well, um, and then you come into the management side, you're it's probably a great advantage to have because you know as well what players are going through, um, and then how to best guide them as well. Like because you've been in their shoes, you know exactly if something isn't going well for them. Well, I've been here, I know how best to guide them. Um, so I think even having the likes of that with past players come into as part of the management team has just been brilliant. Yeah, and like. Even someone uh, like I've interviewed him as part of this series, Paul Casey, like yeah. to have Casey involved, and uh, like we were speaking off air about just how good he is, and uh, like you, you'll know more than most now. Any manager that you ever talk to, or any coach, and Clark, yeah. you will testify to this just how good he is to have around the team in terms of like being such a, a a sounding board to bounce ideas off, but also yeah. to kind of build a bit of calmness and steadiness to the ship as well, because it can become a bit manic at times and the hype can come in, especially when you have more kind of obligations to press work and all that kind of stuff. It's nice to have a level head like Casey just <laughs> yeah. talks. Has he been a bit of an influence for you as well? 
Yeah, well, obviously with um, Paul being in, he'd work a lot with the backs. Um, that kind of be his main area. But yeah, definitely, like he's just a brilliant person to have on the training pitch. Um, again, if if you're having any issues or things aren't going well, you know, he'd be the first person you'd go to to ask for some advice. And like you said, he's just so calm and relaxed all the time, and be very passionate as well. Like, um, you know, looking to get the best out of players, especially if we're doing any like you know like blocking drills or defensive drills. Just his passion kind of really shone through and. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a great person to have involved, but I think that's where Mick has really done well the past couple of years with us. Um, he's been a great manager in terms of the people that he's brought in um, in different areas. Like He's really brought a level of professionalism to it um, and just striving to get the best that he can for the team. Well, that, that's actually uh, something I want to talk to you about right now is because <laughs> the, the one thing... Like when I got dropped from Dublin, the first person I rang to kind of get my skill up was Mick. I rang him and just said, "Look, Mick, I, I've kind of become too big, and I've it was part of what I was asked to do, but I need to become more mobile now, and I need to get better at like you know working off both feet, multi-directional work." And he literally went into a field with me, and we, the two of us just worked together. We did a load of drills. Now, sadly, it didn't work in terms of getting back on the phone, but like, if that's not down to Mick, it was just, uh, you know, when I rang him up, he he was my minor manager uh, with Dublin, didn't pick me as a minor manager. And I think he always felt he owed me one back, but uh, he uh, he was just amazing. Like, he literally just, yeah, said, we, we did a good few sessions together, gave me his time, didn't like question anything just really push me but all skill based and I think mm -hmm. that was the one thing that when you talk about just the, the final hurdle that you were looking for to get over the line I think it was just that skill based thing that he's brought to this that has just been amazing yeah like in fairness credit has to be given to Greg as well oh um, absolutely in terms of what he did to, to the place that he brought us to um, so he would have secured kind of the first manager kind of secure DCU as our base um, and we've done, done our, our training and our gym and stuff there with Greg and like I said we were just like we lost three All-Ireland finals with a margin of a total of four points yeah. you know what I mean um, so the smallest of margins so there wasn't there's only something small that needed to be fixed um, but when Mick came in like he's just changed it around completely like um, and like I said, he's so, bringing it back to basics, just stripped everything back, went back to basics. As the know yourself, loves a lot of the two ball, like the two ball skills, using your right foot and left foot all the time, doing his complex skill drills, um, and just how he thinks about football. And then how he gets other girls to kind of think about football as well, like what you're doing on the pitch. Um, and like his first year in, like I think everyone just enjoyed the setup as well. Um, and we're just really embracing it and he was just letting people go out and play um, and look how well we've done under him like but like I said I think it's the people that he's put put in place as well like so we now have a new medical team that we wouldn't have had before like last year was the first time we've had a team doctor on board um, he secured the really medical. yeah yeah like we would have always had our physios but last year was the first year that we had a team doctor like in with us and coming to our training mm -hmm. sessions um, he secured the matter private as a, a team sponsor. Like so, the matter private would have looked after a lot of our care if we had any issues. Katie and Anita could have referred us to the matter private and stuff to get looked at as soon as we can. Because you know yourself, like when you're in championship, it's a small time frame. Yeah. If you're injured, you really need to be on the ball getting things sorted quickly when you're trying to get back to play. 
Um, and then he's like even bringing in like corporate sponsorships and stuff. So you know, we can go off and if we need to do team weekend or team bonding weekends, that's there. Even something as simple as getting fed every single training session. He's, he's always had, like we've had a gourmet food parlor come in and we'd have food after every training session, which is something we wouldn't have had before. Now, Greg, we had at most sessions as well, like something he offer. But I think Mick has just taken it to the next level. Like, and it just is well, like, He's like I said, just kind of for a manager that you go you go to an issue, and even if it's non-football related, he will do absolutely anything he can to make sure that you're getting sorted and that you're in a good headspace. So when you're on that pitch, so that you're getting the best out of you, like, um, and like I said, a lot of that's just the people that he's brought around as well. Like Ken would obviously be looking after our strength and conditioning. Paul Paul's in looking after the defense. Like Elaine would be in the forwards, and Elaine's the psychologist as well. Um, so she could be chatting to girls with different issues and stuff as well. So there's just such a big, like even our stats team, like you know, there's so many different elements that he's after bringing in and just raising the bar for us. That I think it's everyone's just really enjoying the setup so much. Like um, that, that, that's but, kind of stuff you you'd nearly take for granted in mm-hmm. with some other teams. The fact that you didn't have a team doctor, uh, like from a recovery point of view, to have good proper food available after training and after matches like that's literally just after coming in well not like the field stuff but to the level it has is just literally the last year or so really yeah um well no the food probably would be a lot the last couple of years even when greg was in but it's something that we get it now like you know the, the with greg it might have been we would have we wouldn't have got every single session where yeah. nick now it's it's in like where you're getting your proper nutrition after every training session because you know, you've only a short t- uh, time frame to maximize that nutrition after training and if some girls have a really long journey home yeah you know what i mean he just wants to make sure that everyone's kind of been looked after especially if people are coming straight from work and stuff oh you need to have that that to me that's that's kind of basics when you don't have the right measures in place in terms of recovery mm. you can't give everything for the session that you're preparing for then the next time so you yeah. know it, it's great to hear that he's like and i know greg has done a lot of amazing work of getting the stepping stones in place to build yeah. uh, like it's in my opinion it's very similar to what pat did to where jim brought it to as well like you know yeah. uh but like you mentioned corporate brands and having big brands like AIG involved mm. has also meant in some ways that you have just pulled ahead of the pack in Leinster and it's not competitive as it once was but like when you were 15 when you were playing and I'm sure yeah. it's totally different but like do you think the gap now has like just gone that bit further in terms of all the brands the professionalism the elitism that you have around you that the other counties in Leinster wouldn't have Possibly, like I know, like geez, if you look back to 2004, we would never have had food after training. We ne- even our pitches were never secure. You could be training all, like all over Dublin, you wouldn't have a secure location. Strength and conditioning wouldn't have been as much of a focus as it is now. And Leinster was definitely very competitive back then. We would have had a lot more games, but as the years have gone on, a lot of those teams, and I don't know, is a funding that's the issue because. In fairness, we've fought for everything that we've got, but I think we're very lucky with the quality of players that we have as well. Um, Mick is just making sure that we have the right resources to look after ourselves as well in terms of nutrition, strength and medical. Um, 
but a lot of those teams have dropped down to intermediate um, and Westmead in the past couple of years have probably been our biggest rivals in Leinster um, and now they're gone down to intermediate as well like so we're this year we were facing being the only team in Leinster so we wouldn't have had a Leinster championship and um, we would have just been straight into the All-Ireland phases which could have had a massive impact on us going in we don't know now because obviously the format has changed with the uh, COVID um, so everyone's kind of on a level playing field now whereas other, the other provinces would have are very competitive and would have had those extra couple of games we would have been playing catch-up now I'm sure Mick being the man and the manager that he is would have made sure he he had it managed well and had us in the right condition going into those games but it definitely would have been a challenge oh, not having any games in Leinster to you know go straight into an All-Ireland phase um, yeah, it's just it's just something that Leinster really do need is to get those teams back up senior and to make it more competitive. But though for us, I suppose we've had massive rivalry with Cork, and Cork have been the standard bearers for many years, and that's who we've been chasing. Um, you know, we've been in many finals with them over the years, and they're just a phenomenal outfit. And they, they're I don't even know if their achievements if they've been they've got the recognition that they've deserved for what they did over that period. But they really raised the bar for ladies football and for us that's who we were trying to chase the whole time and I suppose now we're trying to set the standard and teams are chasing us but there is some competition within the, the team like you know with Galway coming up Mayo, Cork are always going to be a massive battle there's so much competition within that senior championship like Do you, do you kind of see it going though the way Galway, Hurland went in Connacht and moving to Leinster like could you see yourself no longer playing Leinster. I know this is probably <laughs> down the line kind of stuff, uh, but could you see yourself playing in a Munster Championship? or in Possibly, and that's definitely a conversation that we would have had towards the end of last year, going, what are they going to do? Are they going to attempt to try and move us into a different pro province like Galway did, or are they just not going to have a championship in Leinster? And unfortunately, that's the option they picked for but. You know, for us, I, I know we definitely wouldn't mind of being moved to a different province to get some of those games before the All-Ireland phase. Um, but look, I suppose down the line, we just have to wait and see what happens. But I really do hope for Leinster that we do get the teams back up and make Leinster competitive again, because it is a really important aspect of the championship, is to have your, your Leinster battle and your Leinster rivalries. No, absolutely. And like, you, you kind of play football to play games, you know? So like, yeah, exactly. at the end of the day, you just want to play games and it's fortunate that you haven't got that. But speaking of games, you have two big ones coming up, anyway. Uh, yeah. The draws, you know, now that we've been talking about Waterford and all, it's kind of I know, yeah. you, like, you know, Donegal and Waterford. Yeah, two really, really tough games. Like, I think, um, I feel like we've probably got one of the toughest groups. Um, which, look, it's something that we're definitely going to relish. I just really hope, though, that we make it to that phase. Yeah. Um, a bit of concern I have in the background that cases spike again. And I really hope that we don't get to the stage where championship gets pulled. Um, but it's going to be very interesting as well being a winter championship. Like we've seen our All-Ireland final last year with the weather not being great. And now Pro Park is a very difficult pitch to play when it's wet. Um, and then when a team is very defensive against it, look, we all seen how tough that day was. Um, so there definitely will be interesting. Um, but Donegal, look, there and Waterford, they're two really, really tough teams. And Waterford are going really well. I think we're we're kind of lucky enough to get the win against them in the league. And I think Donegal bet us. 
um, they're really fine that day. So two really tough challenges ahead of us. But look, there's something that we're going to relish going in. So like I said, everyone's been look, wanting to play these games for a long time and wanted some sort of championship. So I think when we get there, you know, there's going to be great excitement. And look, just fingers crossed. It's nice to have that link with Waterford again, don't like I didn't know that. Yeah. So um, just hopefully that's not my last game against Waterford. <laughs> no, it is like unfortunately I never got to play against Waterford, but uh, it was if if I had the chance, I would have loved it because of that connection. So I'm sure it means a lot to you and family as well. Yeah, and there's always great rivalry then between my nana and her sisters and stuff. There's obviously a lot of banter going back and forth and. I think the only sad part is uh, like when because you're playing against your cousin, there's going to be someone that's going to be disappointed at the end of the game, and probably that's probably the tough element of it. Um, but so look, I've been playing for Dublin for a long time, and only now we're kind of getting to the stage where we're playing matches against each other. Um, but it's yeah, it's lovely having that kind of family rivalry and the bragging rights after with my nan and my sister's gas. I'll be looking forward to that game now with a bit more optimism about what's going on. But to, to kind of wrap this up, I have two questions, if you, if you bear with me for the last two. The second last question is, your favourite moment in the Dublin jersey over your 15-year career, 15 year career? Favourite moment? I think, Joe, you know, um, probably most recently, like the, the, the three in a row. Obviously, every All-Ireland final is probably special for its own reasons. Um, but I think getting over the line with the three in a row, okay, it wasn't the greatest of games. We all know that, like, and but for me, you know, I got player of the match. Um, and because we lost the three previous solar and finals, then to flip that around and win three in a row was just unbelievable. And I suppose for me, my niece was at that game. Um, she's only a couple of months old at the time, so for me and be able to walk up the steps to collect the cup and I have a picture actually in my room hanging up of me, McGrath and I have Cueve in my arms uh, oh, yeah. in the cup. so to be able to have that memory with her now it's something that she's never going to remember like you know but looking back on the picture she, she will like um, I just think having that kind of special moment with her and getting to lift the cup with her and McGrath be one of my best friends as well on the team um, who we, but like, we played together as well she would have been I think she would have started back in 2003. Um, so to just have that memory, I think, was just very special. Like, and yeah, well, to get the three in a row was just a massive achievement for us. I, I actually have fond memories of that day. And uh, like it, what you spoke about there, going up the steps and having that picture to always look back on. Uh, my daughter was six months, and you, you pointed out that it was a, a horrible day to go to the game. Yeah, but so, the crowd as well, actually, I meant to mention that the crowd was just over fifty thousand people, and you went, went down onto the pitch, and nearly all the upper tier was practically full. And for it to be such a miserable day, and to still get that attendance, um, you know, it was very special for a player to have that on the pitch as well. Seeing so many people coming out to support you, like yeah, and fantastic. And, uh, to have people stay all day as well because like yeah. we, we now we only got there for because my daughter was so young or we just yeah. wanted to get her in for the game and uh she she didn't know what was going on obviously in six months but we have the most amazing picture of her in a little dublin jersey and the day the occasion so yeah. like it was extra special for for us as well and thank you for giving us that moment because <laughs> it was such a bad day but it made it kind of bittersweet in the way that 
he obviously got to win and, and yeah. played as well. We have some great pictures of the day as well. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, was a, it was a special moment. Uh, your favourite player, this is always a tough one now, but your favourite player that you've ever played with and why? Oh, uh, with Dublin? Yeah. Oh God, so many! Like you have like, to answer it. Come on, I'm playing with Dublin like over 15 years, so there's been so many players over the year. Um, probably currently, and obviously not being biased, because she's probably one of my best friends, but uh, probably Shabon McGrath, um, because she's just all harsh, you know. And even if things aren't going well for like trying to get back from injury and stuff, she just she's all Dublin and she just plays with her heart and her sleeve and she'll just give it socks like she'll drag you to her game um and obviously last year she would have got the players player of the year um but I just have seen her over the years and just she's fantastic and she, I suppose as well she, like you have to make there's so many players like <laughs> made her earn as well like another player that was just you know has saved us on so many occasions um, and Sinead as well, because I think she's just been a fantastic captain the past couple of years, um, leading the team to kind of three in a row. Um, but as well, just her performance on the pitch, like you know, so she's just extremely skillful. Um, you so, can't so, everyone now. You can't start. No, I'll just I'll stick. Uh, can I stick with two? <laughs> I'll stick with uh, Sinead and McGrath, okay, just because yeah. they're two completely different players, but they bring. The, what they bring to the setup like is just unbelievable. Like, yeah. Well, look, I'll let you off the hook with picking two, but I suppose uh, from our point of view, as like as Dublin fans, you know, you, you've talked about fifteen. I still can't cut over fifteen <laughs> years. Like, you know, it's it's crazy to think. And I know moments like this in COVID nineteen, it gives you time to look back and reflect and press pause and think about where you are and how you got there. So. I'm sure when you, you look back at their moments against Waterford and, and having that 2000, 2004 coming in and seeing things and experience the whole different setup to what it is now, it's it's been amazing your evolution within the Dublin setup and how it has evolved into the setup it is now today with three in a row. Uh, so look, thank you for taking the time. I, I, you know, it's been great to catch up and especially on such a bad day and you're just like coming yeah. in from training and I'm making you stay late in the laptop. So I apologise about that. But... Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Good. Well, look, cheers. Fast memories. <laughs> it's nice yeah. to relive them, right? Hopefully, hopefully we'll have a few more to come. Yeah, well, look, uh, yeah. exactly. Hopefully we have a few more in the Shamshire goes ahead. So, yeah. look, thanks for your time. Um, thank you. Talk to you soon. All the best. Bye. Thank you.